You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the Diamond District Bonus Hour on this Friday, the first day of March. Hope you've had a good week. Thanks for ending your week with us in some way, shape, or form. We really appreciate it, Miller and Moulton. We talked about a lot of things today. We went in-depth at the Combine with Pat Kerwin for 30 minutes, talked a little Marlins with Kyle Seeloff last hour. If you ever miss any part of the show, go to floridasportsnetwork.com, and one day you'll probably go to millerandmolten.com. So uh, just, you know, keep us in mind if you ever miss any part of the show. You, where you, you can, can go to millerandmolten.com and get it. Is still? I literally today? just checked. Literally oh. just checked because I was wondering if it still worked. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, that's how we roll, ladies and gentlemen. That's oh. how we roll. Uh, national guest at bargain basement prices. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, big game tonight for uh, FGCU. It's an interesting game. It could mean nothing. And it could be big in terms of giving them a better chance to win the A-Sun and make the dance. Mark, FGCU is seventh. Top six teams in the A-Sun get a bye. Seven plays eight, nine plays ten. The winner of seven, eight plays the two seed. The winner of nine, ten plays the one seed. And the difference is, obviously, why play four games in a week to try to go to the dance when you can only play three? So if FGCU in Jacksonville, where they spanked North Florida on Wednesday, if FGCU beats Jacksonville tonight, the sixth seed, North Alabama, is playing Central Arkansas, and Central Arkansas needs to win to have a chance to make the playoffs. Ironically, the team FGCU is playing. Jacksonville needs to win to make the playoffs. So in a perfect storm, Mark, FGCU beats Jacksonville. Central Arkansas beats North Alabama. FGCU moves up to the sixth line. Jacksonville's out. And Central Arkansas, with the win, gets in. But... For that to happen, Central Arkansas, which has won just one of its last eight games, would have to win tonight against North Alabama. They are at home. North Alabama is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Central Arkansas. So that's what FGCU needs. They need a win and a little help to move up to the sixth line and a first-round matchup with Lipscomb in Nashville. But if they can get to the sixth line, then they, quote, only, unquote, have to win three games to get to the tournament. If they lose or they end up on the seven line, then they'll have to play a play-in game. So they'll have to win four games in six, seven days to make the tournament. The A-Sun's wide open this year. It's not, it, it's down. It, it just is. The A-Sun, I mean, Two years ago, FGCU was the fifth-best team in the league with 22 wins. All right? That team this year would win the A-Sun. It would. Also, what FGCU team are we going to get? 
We're going to get the team that's had some di- – I mean, North Florida came to FGCU, pounded them. We all know what FGCU has done this year. They beat FAU. They've just pounded two teams. And in between, they've lost some games, and they've lost some badly. We get good FGCU. I, Mark, this reminds me a little bit of when we went to Macon, especially if they can be the six. You know, when we went to Macon back in 2012, Andy's first year, they they went to Macon on a four-game losing skid. No expectations. They were playing the three seed. If they won, they played the two seed. If they won, they played the one seed. All three teams had 20-plus wins entering the conference tournament. Just a quick sidebar, David. There's not one A Sun, to your point of how down the league is, at this moment in time, there's not one A Sun team with 20 wins. Not only that, Mark, I don't know if there's an A Sun team. We were just talking about the net rating. I don't, I'm pretty, I'm willing to bet large amounts of money. There's not an A Sun team in the top 150. I might be willing to even bet money. There's not an A Sun team in the top 200. To give you an idea that when FGCU went to the tournament, went to the tournament, not before they did anything in the tournament, but the FGCU team that went to the Sweet 16 11 years ago, wow, that team entered the tournament with an RPI in the low 90s. I don't know if there's an ASUN team in the top 200 right now. Lipscomb is 160. Okay. But I'm curious where Eastern Kentucky is. Because Eastern Kentucky is actually the first place team in the conference. Now, Stetson, with South Florida doing all the good work they've done in February, Stetson beat South, uh, excuse me, Central Florida. Stetson beat Central Florida in Orlando early in the season. So all these good wins by UCF should be helping Stetson's net. Eastern Kentucky, to your point, despite leading the conference, they're 194, and Stetson's not far behind at 199. And that's the top three in the A-Sun. So there's three A-Sun teams in the top 200. Two of them barely. And they're the top two seeds in the tournament. My point is, this A-Sun tournament, you want to talk about what Miller and Moulton get absolutely gaga about. This is a bid. Wide open. Wide open. I'm not kidding. FGCU can win this bid. The way they've played the last three halves of basketball, the final half against Queens at home and their performance in North Florida, that team keeps playing for another week, week and a half, that team can cut down the nets. The performance against North Florida is the best game they've played since the FAU game. They shot it lights out. They dominated a good team on the road, a decent team on the road in that conference. Held them to 32% from the field, shot 52% from the field, made half their threes. But the other side of this is, and I don't know how much pressure there ever is on FGCU anymore because I don't know how much people care. I don't. That's fair. But if a conference is this down and they end up as the seventh seed and they end up bowing out in two games, they win their play-in game and lose to Stetson who's right now the two seed. Then you'd have to look at the season as a colossal disappointment for them. They can make, they can fix 
everything that's been broken with this year. Totally. But anything short of a conference championship, then they're going to finish, you know, right around 500, if not a few games under 500. And it's back-to-back years for Coach Chambers that have been disappointing. So, they've won a couple in a row. They've looked good. They've got they've got some elements on this team which you go, oh, that's not bad. I mean, they got a big and you go, oh, he can play. They got a wing, and you're like, oh, he can play. All right, they've got a couple guards, and at times you've gone, oh, those guys are good. I, I mean. There's a reason this team was picked top three in the league preseason. They've had a disappointing, inconsistent year, but this is the beauty of this sport. It can be totally forgotten in the next 10 days. And you wonder, and this is the funny thing, Mark, would it benefit them to move up to the six? I think it would, even though they'd played Lipscomb in Nashville and as Trent just pointed out, according to the net, Lipscomb's actually the best team in the league. But three games versus four. Right. And I think it's Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Next week, I think, is the A-Sun schedule if you have to play three games. The four games is Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then whenever the final is. The play-in game is also interesting in that you're playing on a neutral court. Like right now, they're the seven. And they would play they pl- the teams that are tied for eighth actually play each other tonight. So FGCU, I don't believe they can fall out of the seven eight game even with a loss. So they're gonna play the winner of Kennesaw Queens unless they can move up. They have not fared well, by the way, against Kennesaw State and Queens. They're one in three against those two teams this year but they did just beat Queens last weekend. But let's just say FGCU stays where they are. They're going to play Monday. Right now, they would play at the site of the two seed, Stetson, in DeLand. That's a break. That's the shortest road trip they can have. That's a a three-and-a-half-hour bus ride. They'll play Monday. Let's say they win. They'll play Stetson Tuesday. Same place. And you can argue, is it an advantage? You've played. You're ready to go. Yeah, they're fresher, but pressure's on them. Stetson's not going to draw more than 1,000 people. And you're ready to go. And who knows? Maybe you're on a bit of a roll. Maybe you beat JU. You win the play-in game. you got a four-game winning streak. And the last time you played Stetson, in Stetson, you lost by one. So it's, you know, if you're into the madness, you're into the little school in a one-bid league in our backyard right now, this is it. We don't even get any of this on TV until the final either, right? Do they even right. bother with A-Sun stuff on the four-letter ESPN network or the deuce? Well, I'm ESPN+. Plus. Well, right. Right. I'll be watching. But, yeah, the final is uh, – I'm pretty sure it's ESPN two. 
That's what it's been over the years. Although I think one of the years when after FGCU made their run, the final might have been put on the mothership, as Dan Patrick thought. One of the years that it was because they used to be the first bid given out. They when changed they, that when they went to the tournament the first time. It was the noon on the first Saturday of Madness, if you will. And yeah, I text Vern, who was doing the two o'clock game for CBS. I text him and said, just so you know, first team in the tournament is FGCU. Okay, that stands for Florida Gulf Coast University. And then I put in parenthesis, don't screw it up. Part of my charm. I was going to say, David, that certainly is part of your charm. Hall of Fame announcer, Super Bowls, (laughs) Masters. Don't screw up FGCU. Whatever you do, Vern, don't <laughs> screw up FGCU. Miller and Moulton. Welcome to the bonus hour, brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 21 minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network. FloridaSportsNetwork.com, MillerandMoulton.com. Our poll questions, National Pig Day. So uh, what do you like best? Ribs, pulled pork, pork chops, or bacon? Bacon, the overwhelming winner today, David. People like their bacon. Do you know my doc used bacon to deliver the news about my kidney cancer? Don't make cancer. Me? I went, yeah. And which for me was perfect. I mean, you know how we we like analogies. You know, hey, could you break that down for me? Yeah. And so he said, "Well, here's the deal. Uh, imagine your kidney is a scallop, okay, and it's a scallop completely wrapped in bacon. The bacon's the cancer." I go, "Any way to remove the bacon from the scallop?" He goes, "Absolutely not." I go. So we're throwing the whole thing out, are we? He said, yes, we are. I went, okay. Hmm. So I, with me, that worked perfectly. It was comforting. It really was. So I tried the same analogy with my wife to deliver the news. Not as comforting. No, I don't think it would be. You know, funny Why? enough, I also they used a food analogy for me as well. They really? said okay. yeah, they said you got a lemon sized thing, and then you know whatever. We don't got to talk about that. But uh, that's funny that, that we both got our news See? in the form of a food analogy. Was I think it would be more comforting. At least you can relate to it. I mean, you yeah, know right. the size of it. You know what they're talking about. You've had a scallop wrapped in bacon once or twice in your life, right? Mostly delicious. Thank you. In fact, I'm like, oh, wow, scallops and bacon. That's, that's, wow, that sounds really good right now. In fact, is that on the hospital menu? What Can I get a scallop and bacon after you right. take the kidney out? I, I don't laugh. I actually, after the surgery, he came in and I go, hey, remember you said it was a you know, scallop wrap with bacon. I go, any chance? He just laughed. He said, you'll be lucky if you get jello in the next couple of days. I'm like, okay, good, thanks. So, bacon yeah. wins it. I mean, think about it. I was told I had cancer. He used bacon in the analogy. It was comforting. How could bacon not win this question? You know what? It's a dadgum good point, David. It's a dadgum good point. 
I didn't think it went it this big though. I I thought actually this was going to be a. I thought it was a really good poll question you I, came up with. I was torn between ribs and pulled pork. Bacon would be a distant third to me. We did find out that Trent likes ribs. We're finding more that Trent actually eats. There are a few foods that he likes because it's it's terrible what we've brought to this show. Skinny, but the junk food part, he fits right in with you, David. Yeah, there's no evidence that he eats, actually. There's none. He's talked about it. We just haven't seen it. I'm not a picky eater. I There's really not much I won't eat. I just... You don't like food, though. I'm, <laughs> I don't need a whole lot. Not a big guy. Well, stick around us. We can change that. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's our poll question. Feel free to vote. All right. We're into R&D on this show. You know that. So, Miller and Moulton. Lots of hoops this weekend. You told me something during a commercial break a couple of breaks ago that – it's probably not a big story. I don't even know if it's a minor story. But what do you mean Dale Jr. is not going to be broadcasting NASCAR this year? His contract's up, and it was not renewed. What? His contract was up with NBC. It was up at the end of last year. Uh, he did an interview with Andrew Marchin of The Athletic. And he said, my contract was with NBC was up at the end of last year. I'm currently working through what, looks, what that looks like for me. I definitely love being in the booth and want to continue doing that. But all accounts are he's taken this year off, and he is going to move to TNT Sports and Prime Video as their analysts for their coverage, which begins next year. Who's doing the races then for NBC? Fox is so much better than NBC. My goodness. They don't have any idea. So let me get this straight. They get rid of Azinger. They have no idea who they're replacing him with on golf. They get rid of Earnhardt Jr. And they have no idea who they're replacing him with. No, I mean, this is NBC's a spokesperson told The Athletic. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is beloved in the NASCAR world and has made numerous contributions to NBC Sports from his work as an analyst on NASCAR coverage to his experience as a correspondent at major events like the Indianapolis 500, the Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, and the Olympics. We thank Dale and wish him the best going forward. I know this is an Olympic year, for goodness sakes. I'm... How can you get rid of your main analysts and have no idea who you're replacing them with? I mean, they're they're still are they going tournament to tournament with golf? Well, they brought well, Luke Donald came on last or right. yesterday. Luke Donald, because he lives ten minutes from the course. Hey, how about you come and be the analyst? That's how they literally brought him on. They showed some Ryder Cup stuff. I happened to have the golf on yesterday, and they're you know bringing Luke Donald. And they're showing some of his highlights, and they bring him on, and they say. Well, your commute wasn't bad. That I mean, it sounded literally like they hired him because he was the closest guy they could get to the booth. This is like the old USC running backs. Open the window and go, first one here gets a scholarship. Shows you what he thinks of the tournament in Palm Beach. He lives 10 minutes away, won't even play in it. Not that, you know, what changes they've made on tour has affected, you know, the tournaments any. There's no players near that tournament, David. I mean, nobody lives in Jupiter. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's no golfers in and around Palm Beach. None. No. None whatsoever. Way. No. I don't know how you get anybody here. I think the only reason Rory's playing is because he played that. And by the way, you had to tell me that the damn match happened. I I didn't even put it in the starting five earlier this week. I didn't even know it was going on. The Rosang and about, uh, yeah, Lexi. Lexi and Homa. I did the story in which about you know, hey, who's here's who's going to be in the match. And it got so much publicity, I didn't even know it took place got so many viewers that I don't know if they're going to have another one. Yeah, what would you say they got? 500,000 viewers. Like 511,000 viewers watched the match on TNT on Monday night. I mean, that only slightly beats the LIV on CW. But Rory won the match, and it was in Palm Beach, so he probably said, well, what the heck, might as well play. Yeah, because there's no one in this tournament again. There's Rory and Ricky, and otherwise... And Ricky's a name, but he's not right. the level of golfer. Right, but just a name. Yeah. You know, no, he took his... a shoe off and hit one out of the water yesterday. That was the highlight of the day for me. So, Anthony Kim, by the way, made his return to competitive golf today in uh, Saudi Arabia. That's where uh, LIV is. So he shanked a shot on his front nine. Don't feel bad. Tiger just did that. So we've all done it. For the record, yeah. John Rahm tied for the lead in the uh, live tournament at eight under. Huh. Does that count? If he wins it, does it count or no? DeChambeau's tied for third. There's two at eight under, one at seven. Wow. So let me get this straight. So Rahm and DeChambeau is their leaderboard. Uh, Chad Ramey and Sihu Kim tied atop the Cognizant. Joaquin Neiman and Charles Swartz will also tied at seven under. Louis Ustausen at six. Gooch at five. No, I mean, you look at the Mickelson at five. I don't know. DJ, I mean, that leaderboard looks a little more interesting to me than the PGA Tour leaderboard, and it ain't close. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Today was a day one, and what's on tap? Plus... We'll take our bets. Our system has a play tonight. We'll give it to you next. Welcome to the bonus hour brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 22 minutes till the top of the hour, 16 until we're out of here. Friday, March 1st edition of Miller and Moulton. Thanks for being with us. Oh, the madness. You know, I'm dangerous on this hard rock app because I just bet the Cincinnati Reds over during the commercial break. <laughs> that took you like 20 seconds. David mentions it. Mark goes right to the app. Well, I had the over-unders out. I was looking at Detroit's, looking at a few other teams, looking at just that division, and one of our listeners I- said Reds over easy, so I looked at what the number was. It's 82 and a half. And David was like, over all the way. Yep. Because that's basically what they won last year. Didn't they win 81 games last year right around there? Oh, they're a much better team this year. Much better. And what's anybody in that division done? Right. 
So, no. I think if you're going to bet over-unders, you bet the ones either way that as soon as you see it, you're like, oh, and whether it's over or under, those are the bets you make. Like last year, I bet two. Astros under, because it was 98 and a half. I went, no, 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 that's too much. And Diamondbacks, remember Diamondbacks came out like 73 and a half, 74, and I, and Mark's my witness. You know, I didn't think they were going to the World Series. In fact, I didn't even say you they were going to make yeah, the You playoffs. didn't say they're a playoff team, but you said they're going to be a 500 baseball team this year. And I said they, they would finish third in that division. And they finished second. But I said they're, they're going to finish ahead of the Giants. So I know they're going to go over their number. And they ended up being ahead of the Padres. So. Who were the biggest disappointment in baseball last year? And the Mets said, well, we appreciate that because we must be second. So thanks. Well, the Mets had injuries as well. There were, there were reasons behind the Mets. I don't know if there was many reasons behind what the Padres did last no, year. No, because the Padres, you know, kept their, their run differential kept increasing and they kept losing games in the standings. It was a remarkable season they had. It's time for someone to take back this segment, if for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Meghan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with Today Was the Day When. There was a lot of stuff, so I tried to pick some highlights. Today was the first census being authorized in 1790. How'd we do? How'd we do on our count? Do it, we it, know? You know what? It didn't have it. So it just said it was authorized. I don't know when we started it, but we authorized it today. Probably didn't start counting until a little later. 1803, Ohio admitted as a 17th state. Hey, welcome. OH. Oh, no. Nebraska comes in at state 37 in 1867. Added 20 states between Ohio and Nebraska. Today in 1947, the Cleveland Indians moved their spring training to Phoenix, where it was much more racially tolerant than Florida, as they were planning on bringing Larry Doby to their team. JFK established the Peace Corps today in 1961. I thought this was an interesting little tidbit today because I'd never heard this before, David. Today in 1968, part of the roof blew off the spectrum in Philadelphia, forcing the Flyers to play the last month of the season on the road. Hmm. couple of things happened in 69. Espo sets the single-season point record. Mickey Mantle retires. And Jim Morrison whipped it out in Miami. Oh, boy. I... You meant the guitar, right? No, I don't. Okay. He didn't play the guitar. He was a singer. No, I know. I was just... Just making sure we're all on the same page there. Right. Yep. Pink Floyd releases Dark Side of the Moon today in 1973. And Lenny Wilkins is the first coach to 1,000 wins today in 1996. Chopin. Glenn Miller, David Niven, Dinah Shore, Pete Rozelle, and Harry Belafonte, all born today. Roger Daltrey is 80. Hollywood I Henderson. All, I think we all had the under, right? Yeah. Just figuring he just, you know, partying with that band. Right, at some point just spontaneously combust. Well, didn't Keith Moon only make it to like, how old was he? Oh, in his 30s? 30s? Yeah. So, yeah, we, we had the under there for sure. Hollywood Henderson is 71. Ron Howard is 70. His hairline hasn't moved in 40 years. Ron Francis is 61. Chris Weber is 51. And Biebs and Tyree Kill are both 30 today. 
Does Biebs being 30 make you feel old, Trent? Yeah, it does. And I'm actually, I like him a lot, by the way. I was growing up when he was like, you know, the heartthrob, and all the girls loved him, and the guys like hated him. I, I can see I, that. I never did. I thought he was great. I loved his music. Wow. Happy guy. A Biebs fan over there. A believer. <laughs> That's what they used to call him. <laughs> it's true. What'd I miss, David? Actually, you know, a few historic landmarks. So we have the Constitution right, now. Right. It started as the Articles of Confederation. It took us four years to ratify. It was really weak. It established like no federal power. I think there are a lot of people today that would love to go back to an Articles of Confederation. But 240 years ago, they took a look at it and they went, oh, what the heck's this? The states have all the power. We got to give the federal government some power which led six years later, they started doing the constitution and we ratified what we currently have in 1789. But the beginning work product, if you will, Mark, the articles of confederation were the work product. Right. Maryland became the 13th state to ratify it, then putting it into existence. That was today in 1781. Yellowstone, our first national park today, 1872. Uh, what else do we have? I thought I had something else. Oh, yeah, the Lindbergh baby was kidnapped today in 32. That was a big deal. That was like if we had cable news then, that would be the only thing they would have talked about 24 hours a day. Right, there's like a kid in a well. Yes, in Texas, exactly. Um, and the story ended uh, tragically, by the way. And uh, Kennedy established the Peace Corps today in 61. Yeah, I had that. Did you? Yeah. Well, good for you. <laughs> you've heard folks elsewhere mock florida is gonna florida well mark miller sees it differently he calls it the good the bad and the ugly what you got mark we go to north carolina where a cat was tucked in a hood of a car the car was about to be crushed in the junkyard and the person running the Machine opened the hood to take out the battery before he jumped the car, and the cat literally jumped out into his arms. They worked with the Brother Wolf Animal Rescue. Someone had lost the cat recently, and they were able to get the cat, who was nearly smushed, back with its owner. For the bad, we go to Port Charlotte, where a months-long investigation into a series of liquor store thefts has ended. Because four teenage girls from St. Petersburg were arrested in Port Charlotte trying to steal liquor from a public liquor store. The Charlotte County Sheriff's Office had staked out the public liquor's parking lot and the four girls aged from 15 to 17 came in with their purses that they were stealing booze in. Two were detained at the store, two ran. They were both picked up quickly. 50 bottles of liquor were found inside of the car. Finally, the ugly. We go to Collier County, where Collier County sheriffs arrested Paul Antano Wednesday night. He fled from deputies when they attempted a traffic stop, and while he was fleeing the deputies, he threw some stuff out his window. It turned out to be a half a kilo of Peruvian marching powder. 
Oh boy. That is the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, March the 1st, 2024. So NBA tonight, not a great schedule. But Dallas is in Boston. That's a 7.30 game on ESPN. The 10 o'clock game is Milwaukee at Chicago. Wow. But no Lakers tonight. You know, the Warriors are in Toronto. You know, no heat, no magic. So, um, NHL tonight, only three games as well. Nothing marquee. I mean, Flyers, Capitals, or NHL Network's kind of interesting because the Caps, in theory, could chase down the Flyers or six points back. I, I yeah, guess. I don't. I don't get the league schedule. They figured out they just play on certain nights, and then the other nights there are hardly any games. I don't the, get it at all. The NHL has become a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday league. Yes, and they throw a few games on Sunday if one of the. You know, if they're national TV partners, like, listen, we don't have anything. Could you give us a game? Yeah, okay. But the NHL's become Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. FGCU at Jacksonville tonight. Jacksonville is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It's senior night at Jacksonville. They must win to make the A-Sun playoffs. FGCU got a big win at North Florida that makes sure they won't be in the 9-10 playing game. They could win tonight and move up to the 6 seed. But right now they're in the 7-8 play-in game in the ASUN tournament next week. But David, we have one system play tonight. We do. 21st ranked Dayton is on the road at Loyola. Dayton is a one-and-a-half point favorite. It's a good game. They're tied for second. In the A Sun, or excuse me, in the A ten, a game back of Richmond. It's a good game. This right now would be an A ten semifinal game. I mean, this is a good game. So we have a lot of system plays over the weekend, though. A lot of like tomorrow, for instance, Iowa State's in Orlando at UCF. They're going to be favored. Illinois is at Wisconsin tomorrow. Big Ten Network, 1 o'clock. They're going to be favored. South Florida. Can we really bet against South Florida? No, they're not ranked. Well, well they are ranked. Oh, they are ranked. That's right. They're 24th. <sighs> now, they're oh. at Charlotte tomorrow. Charlotte is tied for second with FAU. I don't even know if South Florida is going to be favored tomorrow. That should be a very small line either way. And South Florida's ranked 25th, my mistake, not 24th. Top-ranked Houston's at Oklahoma tomorrow. That's a system play. We might have to have a Saturday meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We might have to have a Saturday meeting to go over all of this. That's all I'm saying. That's fine. Because you know what? I think we may have to also because... We talked on Friday last week about all the plays we wanted to make, and we were money, and we didn't get them all in. So we probably need a meeting to make sure we get them all in, which, of course, you know what that means. We're going to get them wrong this week. Oh, absolutely. Because when you get them right, you don't bet them. 
when you bet them, well, right. Okay. Trent, you got any boost? Okay. I mean, what's what? Because if the Hard Rock app makes it a boost, you play it. If it's cricket and it's a boost, you play it. I have been loving the boost lately. Um, let me check for you in real time right now. Usually they like to do a little something with the Florida teams. Ah, uh, but not today because there's no Florida teams playing. What I've got on mine is the Bucks to win against the Bulls was minus 170, now minus 120 on the money line for the Bucks to win against the Bulls. Who do the Mavericks play? In Boston. In Boston, because Luka Doncic to score 30-plus and Mavs to win is plus 450. That's not a bad bet considering that if the Mavs do win, you know Luka's probably going to have 30-plus. So if you like the Mavs, take the boost. Take it. Celtics are the best team in the league, you know. <laughs> Trent's doing spring training today. He's on his way yeah. out after the show to go to Lakeland to catch the Tigers this afternoon. So safe travels for you, Trent. Taking a little, little seeing your brother for the weekend, a little Lakeland, a little Orlando. You're becoming a true Floridian. Check it off the box. Next is Key West. David and I can go together because he's never been. I can't believe all those years I lived in Fort Myers. I didn't go to Key West. I can't either. I don't know why I didn't go to Fort Myers Beach up on the boat. I don't know why you didn't make the drive. No one likes a leisurely drive quite the way you do, David. And that's a leisurely drive because you can't go fast. I know. I know. My wife doesn't like it as much as I do, though. I know that's shocking to many people. I was going to say, why is that? Well, she's not a big fan of MLB. Well, radio. it's all that time in the car with me, right? She doesn't Honey, like they're NHL giving forty radio, times, kind of like I do. Did you hear he ran a four four seven? Honey, did you hear about that third line defenseman, the wing, the Leaf Scott last night? And they didn't even give up much either. They can still make another deal. All those hours in the car with me, trust me, Trent, you wouldn't spend it either. Miller and Moulton.